All right, guys, welcome back to the second part of our pediatrics episode. We are joined by Heather. Heather, say hello. Hi, everyone. Heather is a pediatrics resident. If you have not heard our part one yet, please go check it out. And as always, we have the unstumpable Bobby. Bobby, say hello. What up? <laughs> what up, indeed. We're going to pick up where <laughs> we left off. And I think, Bobby, it was your turn since you got the RSV question right from the prior episode. Yeah, Alrighty. So, Bo, a baby, they're a few weeks, maybe a couple months old, comes in, and they have cataracts that weren't there at birth. What's going on? The baby has a glucose issue, a sugar issue. I shouldn't say glucose. The baby cannot metabolize a certain sugar. I'm, I'm hmm, fructose, sucrose, galactose. I'm going to go with galactose. Yeah. No. You, you yes. got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's a Tell hereditary galactose intolerance. Galactose is one of the sugars found in breast milk. So you have to switch to a soy-based formula. Um, and the cataracts are actually due to, I believe it's maltose, which is like a byproduct of the galactose uh, oxidizing the cataracts or oxidizing the lens of the eye leading to cataracts. Wow, that's a great question. Into yeah, it's a really good one. Some biochem into that too. Little throwback Thursday for our step one peeps. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right, Heather, I'm gonna give you a good question. It might, it might, it will at least bring up some discussion points because I think at the end of the day you're gonna be like, you know what, this question was like so vague that like it really could have had multiple. Yeah, you answers. like doing that. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I think ultimately it brings out good discussion, but. I digress. So, you have a two-month-old. She's brought in. She drinks about five ounces of cow milk a day. I'm sorry. She drinks about five ounces of cow's milk every four hours. Her height, weight, and head circumference have consistently been in the 40 percentile. Her abdomen is soft. She's smiling. She's cooing. The mom is concerned, though, about some regurgitation of the formula after her feeds, even sometimes having it spill out of her nose. Do we... One, just reassure the mother. Two, ultrasound the baby. Three, thicken the formula. Or four, switch to an alternative milk. So, all right, let me think out loud here. So the baby is two, right? Two months. Oh, two months. <laughs> um, so I would say that probably a little too much cow's milk for this kiddo. Um, having too much cow's milk can lead to iron deficiency anemia, I think it is. Um, but I don't think there's any like further workup that you would necessarily have to do besides switching the formula. Okay. But this baby doesn't have, a, or at least doesn't, we're not concerned about iron deficiency right now. We're just, she's concerned about the regurgitation of the formula after the feeds, sometimes spilling out of her nose. Most times that's normal. Or are you trying to hint at me that it's not normal in this baby? But <laughs> most times when I see regurgitation, even out of the mouth, it's pretty normal. Well, that is actually the right answer. <laughs> So, <laughs> this two-month-old is otherwise totally fine. Her height, weight, head circumference all trending well. She, her belly is soft. She's smiling. She's cooing. But she just has a little bit of regurg. So the right answer was to just reassure the mother, this is physiologic GERD. And a lot of babies have this. And they're still growing and they're happy. You don't have to do anything else. There's no failure to thrive. There's no irritability, which can then kind of get you into pathologic GERD. 
if I had given you in a question stem and Heather was right on catching this, if I gave you that the baby, you know, had some eczematous lesions or bloody stool, you start thinking about milk protein allergy. And mm-hmm. like we said before, if you have an all-shaped mass, then you think about projectile non-bilious vomiting. You think about pyloric stenosis. Anything else anyone wants to add? No, that's a, that's like a very good review. Um, most times it's a careful history and physical and then reassurance. Um, right. It's like almost always the right answer. Beautiful. One thing I would add is if I think they're like losing weight in kind of like a failure to thrive picture, I think you're, if I remember correctly, please correct me if I'm wrong, your first intervention is to try and like thicken the formula. And then if that doesn't work, then like your last line is kind of consider like a PPI or something if you're worried about GERD. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And a lot of times I've noticed that the GI team will kind of switch around to different formulas. There's so many different kinds that have different forms of the proteins in them um, that the baby may tolerate a little better. But the other thing is just making sure that mom is feeding adequately. Um, There's a lot of variability in how often a mom will feed, how well the baby's latching if they're breastfeeding. Um, And it's important to like take a really careful history um, and even set them up with a lactation consultant who are some of the most important people in the hospital, I would argue. Beautiful. All right, Bobby. So these parents, they rush into the ED. They explain that their 17 month old daughter, she's had two episodes in which she stops breathing and she turns blue around her mouth. After you ask them a few more questions, you realize the girl was crying prior to the episodes. The first one occurred shortly after she tripped over a toy. She fell down. She like hit her knees. The second one happened after her older brother grabbed her favorite stuffed elephant away from her. You do a complete workup, physical, it's all normal. What do you think is going on and what do you think is the best next step? So that sounds like a breath holding spell to me and I would just counsel the parents that it's normal and will probably look her out of it. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. Um, most of these episodes are cyanotic. The patient will usually cry a lot. Um, but then they actually will hold their breath, which does result in cyanosis. Um, and it can be really, really scary for parents. I always just kind of remember them as like a temper tantrum that's gone out of control. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. The other thing we always look for in these, uh, babies is like a hair tourniquet. Um, have you heard about those? Oh yeah. That's when like, it's usually like mom's hair, right? We'll get like wrapped around a toe or a finger or something and it won't be noticed. And then it can like be cutting off circulation and bothering the kid. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What? Perfect. <laughs> what did you just say? The mom's hair is wrapped yeah. around a digit? Hair tourniquet. And that's, what, how is that related to this? So um, so the tourniquet, the baby can have a hair tourniquet and it just like causes them to be irritable and fussy. And sometimes these babies like will actually just cry so much and then they kind of go apneic for a little bit. Um, so we always just check every baby who comes in with like, breath-holding spells, and irritability for oh. um, a hair tourniquet. So it's a residual piece of hair. Interesting. hmm Wow. It's kind of like when you have those fetuses in, in utero, right, and they have those bands that cause, like, prevention of growth of, like, digits and limbs. I guess kind of. <laughs> Come on. And <If, laughs> that something's getting wrapped around something yeah. and it's causing something. You are correct. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I think it's time. I think it's time for some poems. <laughs> Bobby, how about you start us off with your poem today? Since I know it's going to be. Oh, very you well think so, of. huh? You think you got me this time? All right. So, my poem for the day. There once was a man from Peru. 
who dreamed he was eating his shoe. He woke up at night with a terrible fright to find out his dream had come true. I really liked it. Do you that. know who that's by? That was excellent. Gary the Snail from SpongeBob. What? Talk about a deep cut. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's in that one uh, dream episode. No, it's not. How did you find that? I just that thought body? about it and I remembered it. <laughs> the top comment on Reddit is Beware of your wandering eye, you little <laughs> poriferin. <laughs> wow, that is a fantastic, fantastic throwback. That was amazing. All right, we'll do another question and then Heather's poem. How about that? Perfect. So, an unvaccinated kid comes in with aseptic meningitis and pancreatitis. What does he have? How old is the kid? Does it matter? He's a teenager. Ah, there you go. That's why it matters. So, this kiddo has measles. He has mumps. But same sketchy. Well, I was thinking the encephalopathic kind of terminal illness that kiddos that had measles ultimately get. That's not what you're thinking about. Well, if I remember correctly, measles doesn't cause pancreatitis. It causes the four C's. I didn't know I didn't know mumps caused pancreatitis. Well, yeah, I didn't know that so about there's mumps either. Four places where mumps likes to replicate that are of particular importance, especially in a teenage male. So you have the CNS, so you get an aseptic meningitis picture, the pancreas, so you can get pancreatitis, and then I guess you can actually get like a diabetes-type picture if it's severe enough. And then the testes, so they're at risk for infertility down the line, and then the parotid glands, so they get the, the swelling in their neck. Wow. I uh, just fact-checked you, and you're 100% correct. Wild. I should have never doubted you. That's okay. I... And I suppose I need to drink. That's a yeah, good I'll drink question. to that. That's a, that's a very good one. Well, we said his questions are going to be hard today. I didn't believe him. Mm. It's because I did all my Anki cards for once. Ugh. <laughs> Fireball. <laughs> Ah, oh, yes. Heather, how about a poem? Behoove us. Okay, perfect. I have a poem. It is two lines. It is, my life has been the poem I would have writ, but I could not both live and utter it. And that's Henry mm, David Thoreau. Pretty good. Wow. It's like the first poem that like we've had that like, actually. <laughs> yeah. <heard. laughs> the first real poem I've heard in a while, that's for sure. So, Bobby. Yeah. Are you ready for a toughie? Sure. I have a child with George syndrome who has a seizure and is found to be febrile. Let's say 101 degrees. Arbitrary, let's just say it. His only additional medical history is R, recurrent sinus infections, and speech delay. On exam, he's tired, and you notice that his right lower extremity has some hyperactive reflexes. What is causing his seizure? Well, that's a real catch-22 you give me, Bo, but I would say that it is probably the hypocalcemia. Heather, what would you say <laughs> are the causes of his seizures? I was going to agree with Bobby. I was going to say this kid might be missing his parathyroid. 
plan. Okay. I don't really have a hint for this. So I'm going to emphasize a couple key points. He has a focal neurologic exam only with the right lower extremity having hyperactive reflexes. He has a history of DeGeorge, which I will say for the hint is not related to his calcium. So the kid is febrile. They have seizures. Let's say DeGeorge aside, what are we thinking about febrile and seizures? Meningitis. Meningitis. Okay. It's not meningitis. So what else are you thinking about? With a focal neurologic deficit. So this kiddo with DeGeorge syndrome has seizures and is febrile. He has a focal neurologic deficit and his only other history are recurrent sinus infections and speech delay. What are causing his seizures? The answer, brain abscesses. And you're thinking, that's stupid. Why is that the answer? Well, the kiddo has a couple risk factors, including recurrent sinus infections, DeGeorge syndrome really messes up your T-cell immunity, so it prevents you from fighting these infections adequately. And also, one of the teaching points that I thought was incredibly interesting is that DeGeorge syndrome kiddos often have cardiac malformations, leading to shunting. And so they are also more prone to infections of the brain because they get right-to-left shunts through, say, a VSD, for example, that allow for hematogenous spread of infections straight to the brain, rather than going and getting cleared out through the pulmonary macrophages, among other things. So he had a couple risk factors and a couple TG points uh, for kiddos with DeGeorge syndrome and why they'd be more susceptible to infections. You got us, bro. It's a great question. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I will drink to that, because... but please be warned, I will be asking my harder questions that I was not going to ask. <laughs> Well, would you like to grace us with your poem after that? All right, my poem by Rupi Carr. Heather, are you familiar with Rupi Carr? No, I'm not. Oh, I will send you some of her stuff. Okay. It was when I stopped searching for home within others and lifted the foundations of home within myself. I found there were no roots more intimate than those between a mind and body that had decided to be whole. Solid. Yeah, it's thoughtful. So... A young child comes in with severe hypoglycemia, lactic acidosis, a doll-like facies, and hepatomegaly. What are you worried about? <laughs> Typing this into Google is not going to save you. <laughs> I was like, what do I type in? I didn't doll face. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a couple things that immediately came to mind. One was a conversation I had with Bobby a week ago when he started talking about super complex peat stuff. So now I'm thinking about those. And so now I'm thinking about some type of enzyme deficiency. You are on the right track. <laughs> so I want to say go shares. Wow. That's not right at all. Hold on. Don't tell me that. <laughs> that's the only one I remember. Heather, do you have do you have an answer? Uh, you said doll-like faces. And can what else did you say, Bobby? Uh, severe fasting, hypoglycemia, lactic acidosis, doll-like facies, and hepatomegaly. Uh, no, I don't. Any germ findings? Uh, no. Don't tell me. Oh, I don't even remember the glycogen storage diseases. I know that's Is what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. It's a uh, von Gierke's disease due to a glucose six phosphatase deficiency. Von Gierke's disease. So there's like. There's how many? Five. This is 
the inability to yeah, break down like... glycogen. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the type 1 storage disease. Yeah. So the main takeaway to remember that it's this one is the doll-like facies is unique to von Gierks and then the fasting hypoglycemia. Because they can't break down glycogen, they can't do the normal, like, whatever it is, one to six hour glycogenolysis to maintain their blood glucose. Wow, that's a tough one. Are you going to drink to that? or? Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> what was the, did you say hypocalcemia or hypoglycemia? Hypoglycemia. Okay. Fasting hypoglycemia. Okay, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Are there any other key points from the other glycogen storage diseases that we should know? I remember one of them had the cardiomegaly um pump is that pompey yeah that's pompey Pompey. that's an acid maltase deficiency okay couldn't have told you that that's type two um you have three which is uh cori which is yeah and then type four mcardle and mcardle is the one with the muscle involvement right limited strenuous you get the second wind uh Mm -hmm. muscle cramps among other things yeah i think type three and type four are really like step one only type content whereas Pompeii and uh, von Gierks might actually show up on step two because they're a little bit easier to differentiate. Mm-hmm. And they showed up in my step two flashcard deck, but <laughs> who knows? I actually had a patient in med school with um, type one and she came in with like a very strict uh, protocol for what she could eat, including her cornstarch stuff. I don't remember the um, doll-like facies, but um, I remember the hypoglycemia part. Yeah, I think they, they're not supposed to have, I believe, fructose and then galactose. And then basically you just never want to let them, like, fast. So they, like, always have to have a, a constant supply of glucose. Right. Yeah, very interesting. Great question. Okay, Bobby. We have a two-year-old. Um, he comes to his pediatrician for a skin infection. Started on his chin. It rapidly spread to do with, like, face and neck. Um, he gets a lot of sinus infections. Um, and then you also notice some like white pigmentation of the skin. What do you think's going on? And, um, what is the cause of the disease? So albinism and like recurrent skin infections. Yes. Am I hearing that correctly? Correct. Um, that is, I keep thinking of Wiscott Aldridge, but I know that's not it. It's, uh, Chediak Higashi syndrome. Awesome. Perfect. Wow. Um, do you remember what the the defect is? I believe it is in the list transporter. Oh, that's more than I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's like the storage granules um, yeah. in the cell types, but I don't know exactly what the... Wow. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it is list caused by mutation in LYST list gene. Known for making the lysosomal trafficking regulators. Well done, Bobby. Thank I'll you. drink to that. I also didn't drink to the one that I got incredibly wrong. That you got completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. That is it for part two of the pediatrics episode with Heather. How is how is this uh, whiskey grown on everybody? Still, still the same as part one, or is it grown on you more or less? I'm three shots deep, and I'm feeling it. it's growing on me more i'm ready for round two i think come on over to part three to listen to the epic conclusion of this pediatrics podcast yeah we'll have uh the results of our whiskey ratings as well as a rapid fire uh, 
question for Bobby that he is unaware of. I I will not expect it at all. All right, guys. Cheers. 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 Later.